we're so glad that you're here because we really want to be able to encourage each and every one of you uh, to move forward, right, in the life of faith. Uh, and so what's that next step that God is calling you to make? And so this is relevant for us, whether you're exploring the faith, whether you're new to it, or whether you're growing in faith, because there's something that we can all do in response to what God is doing in our lives. And so even though this is the last Sunday of our four-week series, our hope is that you will continue to apply what we've been able to learn together and, and live it into your lives uh, every day. And so what we were able to learn together was that taking the next step of faith, it always requires an encounter with Jesus, right? There's an encounter with Jesus that begins our life of faith, and that beginning is always an invitation. Jesus makes an invitation to each and every one of us to say, will you follow me, right? And then it, it, the hope is that you say yes, right? And the more that we say yes to Jesus, that helps us take that next step of faith. As followers of Jesus, uh, we want to follow where God is calling us. And so hopefully we begin to say yes to God, yes to Jesus, more than we say no, right? And so when we do that, when we begin to say yes more consistently, we begin to actually live more and more like Jesus. And so that's what's uh, amazing is that when we follow Jesus, it, it takes us maybe to some unexpected places, right? It can take us outside of our comfort zone, uh, and it can take us to some places where uh, we might not have chosen for ourselves, but we don't want to settle for anything less than what God has for us. And so we want to strive for more of what God has for us in the life of faith. And so we want to learn to give ourselves more fully to God. There's more things that we can give to God because God, guess what, has already given fully to us through his son, Jesus. And so what's more that we can give and, and, and begin to bear fruit for God? And so Throughout this whole process, as we begin to take these sort of next steps of faith, what, what happens is that we encounter God's love, right? It, it impacts us. It transforms us. And then what's supposed to happen is, is that we're supposed to then go and share that same love, share God's love. And that's what we're going to kind of focus on this morning as we conclude the series, is that the, the big idea is that taking the next step of faith— requires consistently loving like Jesus. And we'll begin to see how this aspect of faith, it's essential to the life of someone, to anyone who calls themselves a follower of Jesus. And so when we live like Jesus, that means we also love like Jesus. So we're called to serve, we're called to, to give, and we're called to pray for folks and, and show up in people's lives, right, to be present with them, to give them comfort, joy, love, all of these things, and, and they help us to witness to, to God's goodness, right, to, to God's presence among us. And that's really exciting, and, and if you missed it, uh, it's actually the things that we commit to as members of this church, right? We commit to giving our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. It's a, it's a way that we embody what we are called to do as followers of Jesus. And when we do that, it, it points to how good and awesome God is. And so uh, this has become sort of evidence, if you will, right? Evidence that, uh, that we can get 
but it's also evidence that we can give in order for us to know, but also for other people to know as we seek to follow God more faithfully. And we also get to to show this evidence of, of how good God actually is. And so this evidence, it's something that, that people can observe, right, as followers of Jesus. And in the church world, we, we like to call this evidence fruit, right, something that's healthy and organic, something that's producing something that, that we can see and experience. What is the, the fruit that we're producing? And in this case, how much are we loving like Jesus, or how much are we not loving? Are we loving in, in radical ways like Jesus? And are we striving for more in the life of faith so that we can give more? And so as we talk more about this, our passage this morning, it comes from 1 John. And it, and it makes this, this idea extremely straightforward. It, that if we're radically loving each other, it becomes this evidence, it becomes fruit of God's love dwelling in us and through us. And so we're about to read this passage together. It comes from the book of 1 John. It's a much smaller letter or epistle uh, in the New Testament. And if you're still navigating your way through the Bible, uh, it's towards the end of the New Testament. So it's towards the end of the Bible itself. And so if you want to start in Revelation, which is the last book, and work your way back, it's just a couple of letters before Revelation. But of course, you can follow along on your smartphones and you can follow along on the screens. But we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And this is what this letter has to say. It says, Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. And so this is love. It is not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sins. And so, dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. And if we love each other, God remains in us and his love is made perfect in us. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. And everyone said, thanks be to God. Amen. And so as we, as we go through this final message of our series this morning, I, I made the decision to kind of talk about this in sort of three moves. We're going to first talk about a promise. Then we're going to talk about a, a hidden warning. And then we're going to talk about a remarkable opportunity, right? And so when we talk about a promise or a promise for God, uh, for God or from God, usually it means God is doing something for us that we could not do ourselves, right? And in this case, it's to model, it's to embody the the love that God has for us with each other. And so what happens is because we failed to do that, we ended up separating ourselves from God, we ended up pushing ourselves from each other. And and so God has to, to do something on our behalf. 
to, to help us work through that and actually be able to do it like God has created us to do. And so the crazy thing is that we learn that God is love, right? In verse 8. And, and so it's kind of this crazy idea that, that without God, we can't love in, in the way that we were created to love. And when we look at what, love, what God's love is, it isn't any sort of ordinary kind of love. And what's really helpful and really, really important is that we have to understand that the kind of love that God gives and that God is, is it's a love that is sacrificial, right? It, because when we look at verse 10, it says, this is love. It is not that we loved God, but that God loved us anyway and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sin. Now, when I was preparing for this message and, and looking at this definition, I, I came to really enjoy it because when you look at a, a, a different kind of te- definition, right? The, just the, the clear cut definition of what is love, like if you Google love, this is what it says. It says, it's an intense feeling of deep affection. And that's great, right? But the problem is, is that that definition, those words, love itself on a piece of paper, doesn't matter much to us. It matters when it becomes real. When we experience love, it becomes tangible and real in our lives. And so that's what John is trying to help us see is that this is an example of God's deep affection for us. This is, this is what it looks like. This is what God's love looks like. It's an affection so deep for us that God dies for us in order to erase that, that barrier, to eliminate that separation that we have between God and ourselves and between each other. And when you, when you think about stories that you might see as you're scrolling through Facebook or, or even on social media or even in the paper or magazines, wherever, there are these times when we come across these, these stories that are so compelling and it pulls on our heartstrings because it, when these stories deal with, with people that are sacrificially giving out of love for another person, right? And that, can, that, that image can spread across a, a whole gamut of life experiences, but ultimately what we see or what we read about is these seemingly ordinary people who are able to do extraordinary things for others because they're willing to sacrifice for their sake, sacrifice for the sake of others. And so I think it it moves us in that particular way because what it does is it really connects us on a deeper level. And what it does is that it places value on those people that we're serving, on those people that we're loving, on those people that we're sacrificially giving to. Because what we're saying when we do that is that someone understands that someone else is worth the sacrifice. So when we think about God's love for us, God's deep affection, God is saying, you are worth the sacrifice And so is everyone else around you. And so uh, of anyone on the the face of this earth, 
we should be known as followers of Jesus as being these seemingly ordinary people that are able to do extraordinary things because we're fueled by the love of God. And yet, unfortunately, I'm not sure if that quite makes the top of the list when when people think about Christians, right? When people think about followers of Jesus. And so this is what's at risk, right? This is kind of that hidden warning that that I referenced earlier that we have to pay attention to. Because when we fail to embody God's love, when we decide that we're going to put ourselves in front of other people, it it continues that separation. And so what happens is that if we claim to be followers and we don't follow through with with some sort of act of love that, that brings us together, we're just deceiving ourselves. But we're also deceiving other people about what it means to truly be a follower of Jesus. And Jesus tries to make it really simple for the the people that he was ministering to back then and and to his disciples and and tries to keep simple for us as well this morning. He's talking to some religious leaders and they're asking, well, what's the the one thing I need to do in in order to to be considered a, a true follower of God? And Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, And with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And I think Jesus is is pointing this out because Jesus understands that you cannot love like God without God. You have to have a relationship with God. And it kind of touches on what we talked a little bit about last week when we talked about that we can never know how wide, how deep, how good God's love is for us if we never invite God to be a part of our lives, if we're never willing to follow God out of our comfort zone to see just how amazing and good God is. And so what Jesus then says, he, he continues, he says, and the second is like it. You must love your neighbor, your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. And I brought a visual aid for you guys. Are you ready? This is the Bible, right? So if we open up to the New Testament, I'll get there, give me a second, and we go to the very beginning, right? There it is, boom, the New Testament, right? This is the the life and ministry of Jesus and the early church, right? So what Jesus is saying is that these two commandments do this. Do you see the difference This first big part, this is the law and the prophets, right? This part is what Jesus did to to come to embody what, what the law and the prophets sought to fulfill from God. Jesus embodies the will and the heart of God and lives it out fully, completely, and perfectly. Jesus is the one that embodies the radical love that was intended throughout this whole story, this redemptive story of God coming to us to save us so that we can return back to God, to live with God, but ultimately to live in harmony with one another, right? That, that's the hope. That's the scope. So all of that hinges on those two things. That's the essence 
of what Jesus is trying to teach and, and what Jesus is trying to show everyone around him is trying to show us. And I think what he's saying is that when you know the deep affection that the Father has for you, hopefully you'll begin to see how much the Father loves your neighbor just as much. Just as much. And so as followers of God, what we're, what we're doing is that when we live like Jesus and we love like Jesus, we're learning to love others as much as God loves them. As much as God loves each of us individually, God is trying to teach us that, that God loves everyone else too, right? We don't just love in our best moments in our life, but, but we're, we're called to learn, to grow, to love in all moments. That's such a hard thing to learn. It's a hard thing to, to embody and live out, but God gives us grace to try, to fail, but ultimately to be faithful to what God has called us to do. And so we grow that capacity because when we do, when we really look at each other and understand on a deep level that, that we're connected to one another because of what God, God's love has done for us, we begin to see the value that, that God has in each and every person, as much value that God places on me or on you. Right? And so in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells his disciple this. He says, if you want to be my follower, this is what you have to do. Everyone will know that you're my disciples when what? When you love each other. I think part of the problem is that Christianity has is, is sort of gotten this flavor of, of I'm going to go away and isolate myself and, and devote myself to God. And, and by the way, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a necessary thing. But the tragedy is that we, sometimes we can kind of stop short of that. I can have this long devotional and me and Jesus are, are awesome. We're BFFs, right? Best friends for life. But if there's no fruit, if there's no evidence of what we experience in that, in that devotion of our hearts being transformed, that our hearts become like God's hearts, and, our, and God's heart is for other people, it makes you wonder, what is it that we're actually following? What is it that we're actually doing with this thing that we call faith? Because if we do all these things alone, they're great, they're necessary, it, but if there's no action or fruit, it doesn't help us witness to the love of God. And it's not how other people will know that you're a follower of Jesus. It's only when we love each other, when you love people and you love them sacrificially, people's eyes, their hearts, their minds begin to open to the very presence of God. It's amazing. So we, we, we jump to what Jesus is, is telling his disciples in the Gospel of John, and then we're going back to our text that we just went to this morning, but we're going a couple of verses beyond what we just read. And this is where it gets real. It says this. It says, We love because God first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates a brother or sister, we got to watch what we put on Facebook sometimes, right? 
He is a liar because the person who doesn't love a brother or sister who can be seen can't love God who can't be seen. Does that make sense? It, it has to be real. It has to be tangible. There has to be fruit that people can see in the way that we order our lives and the way that we choose to live and, and the way that we choose to be sacrificial and putting other people before ourselves. And all of this comes right back to Jesus. If we go back up a couple of verses in verse 9, it says that this is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent. It's already happened. God's already given all of God's self to us. Sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. When we read the Gospels, when we read about Jesus' life and ministry, it involved a lot of teaching, and it, and it taught and teaches us about the heart of God. But what changed people's lives forever was when Jesus embodied and shared God's deep affection for everyone, regardless of who they were, regardless of what they had done. That's radical. That's what was been revealed to us. That's what's being revealed to us now. That's what can be revealed to everyone if we truly live and love the way that Jesus did. And so this is what's at stake, right? This is what happens if, if, we, fail, if we fail to see a faith that, that doesn't take the next step of helping us look more outward than it does helping us look inward. It requires a transformation of the heart that can only come with a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. It's the life that we are intended to live through him, right? And so the Christian faith, it isn't just between me and Jesus. The Christian faith is between all of us, it's shared. It's, it's something that we live into. It's a faith that impacts other people around us. So that is the risk. That's the warning. But the flip side of that is that there's this remarkable opportunity. Remarkable opportunity is that as followers of Jesus, we get to help be a part of that revelation that continues to unfold for all of us. It becomes deeper and deeper. And so we want that revelation of who God is as God is love. We want that to be true for people. We want people to experience that. That's what's at stake every day. And so everything and everyone seems to want to deny the presence of God. And so this is where we have a chance with God's help to step up because we have an opportunity to live our lives in such a way it's so radical and different that it, it can overcome those doubts and those perspectives. Those things can change when our heart becomes about each other's heart. The opportunity is that when we embody this love, we get to point people to a real God who has a deep affection for us. For 
everyone. If we go at the, the end of the passage that we read this morning, it says something kind of weird. It says, no one has ever seen God. And this is my editorial comment. Instead of a period, I would put a but. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God remains in us and his love is made perfect in us. It's this weird mystery that somehow no one has seen God and yet we do see God when we choose to live in love like God loves. It's remarkable Because through Jesus, God dwells within us and God works through us so that God's love is made perfect. God's love becomes complete. It becomes whole when we love each other as God loves us. That's remarkable. It's a remarkable opportunity that that God chooses you, right? God chooses us to show the world just how real God's love actually is. Because God's love is is sacrificial, it's it's radical, and it includes everyone. And so this week, what we want to encourage you to do, and and maybe it might be a challenge, is that in order to take those next steps of faith, We want you to take a moment to choose how are you going to follow through? How are you going to embody God's love this week so that God's love is made that much more complete, that much more whole, that much more perfect in the world than it's ever been in the history of the world? Because we choose to follow God. We choose to live like Jesus and love like Jesus than ever before. Amen? Amen. So as we move into this, this time,